Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo. And I am not 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, but instead in the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, with my friends at WPHT. And boy, do we have a big show for you today. I'm actually going to be on the air live for three hours, but I'm going to bring you excerpts of that right here. So let's get started. One of the things I want to talk about is how pro-crime progressive politicians need to stop decriminalizing crime and actually support the police who are supposed to be their partners in law enforcement. What's unfortunate here is that they want social workers to address these uh, societal ills all day long. But instead, what they're doing is canceling the cops in so many ways. And we're seeing this happen all across the country in different places, not just in Philadelphia with these pro-crime prosecutors that are very progressive in their politics, like Larry Krasner. But you've got a lot of different communities, and they want a, a right to protect themselves And big cities where there are no gun rights or where they've been restricted greatly, those cities rely on police more than anybody else. Trust me, in Montana, people aren't worried about defunding the police because they are their own police in so many ways. So these pro-crime progressives, they specialize in, in crippling the cops and coddling criminals. And I think it's creating situations that aren't helping anybody because when crime knows that it can exist, and we saw this in New York as a great example during the 90s, during the Giuliani years, if you let them go with a little bit, they're going to go with a lot. Right now is that broken windows theory. And we're going to tie this into what's happening in Philadelphia because there was a story that a colleague of mine sent to me, and it was horrible just yesterday. It's about a story that happened in December, but there was an update on it. Here's the headline. Check this out. New York Post. Teens and a 12-year-old boy charged with the murder in a Philadelphia carjacking. Because now this, this kid's dead, the kid that they carjacked. And again, old story with a little bit of nuance on it. These, this 12-year-old boy that was with these two teens, now they're all facing murder charges because they savagely beat this guy to death, an elderly man, a Chinese man, during a carjacking in Philadelphia. 70-year-old man, Chung Yan Chin. God rest his soul. This is horrible. Prosecutors alleged the youngsters walked up to Chin and knocked him to the ground as they started punching him and kicking him in the face. Police said the unknown offenders then took off with his Camry. Now, a lot of things I want to ask here. Why on earth are you stealing a Camry? If you're going to steal a car, why steal a Camry? But whatever. This is what happened. They rushed this guy to the hospital. He's got facial fractures and a brain injury. And again, when I hear stuff like that, I can't help but think about my own personal experiences where my dad who in his uh, late 60s suffered a, a, not a fatal brain injury, but a very, very difficult one that took him years to recover from. 
and caused him to have balance issues. He later on went on to get facial fractures of his own because he had such balance issues. He fell and he fractured his orbital bone. So, I mean, I, I can feel a small sense of personal pain when I read a story like this because I think, man, this is not good. And obviously nobody's alleging that this is good. But when you have prosecutors like Krasner that are willing to let people get away with this most of the time, unless it's super egregious, unless you're absolutely killing someone, you know, they're going to look the other way on on attempted murder and things like that. And this is where we have problems because we can't allow that type of thing to happen. That's what brings us into the kind of chaotic situation that we're in all across America. And it's spilling out all over the place. People are in search and have a thirst for liberty all across the world. They're seeing it happen, and they're seeing the United States drop a rung each day. It seems like every news cycle with Joe El Baboso Biden at the helm in Washington, D.C., we drop another rung on the ladder of liberty. And I think this is what people all across the world are seeing, and it's scary to them. Look at this that happened in Canada. The Canadian cops, right, trampling a granny. Now, listen, this is a story that I'm probably going to lose a few friends over because people may not like what I have to say about this one. But why didn't anybody move her out of the way? Now, I get it. Oh, no, but the horse, no, the horse didn't just happen to come out of nowhere. If you've seen this video, and let me, let me set the stage for you a little bit. There's been protesting going on in Canada. I don't know, a month and a half, two months with these truckers, the Freedom Convoy. They've been all over. It's been highly publicized. So I'm seeing the videos from yesterday's protest, which was, yes, peaceful. But the police come, right? First, the governor comes or the prime minister, and he says... You got to get out of the way. I'm going to use emergency powers. I'm going to be as tyrannical as I can be. You've got to go. Okay. They don't go. They stay there. They're yelling, hold the line. That's what you want to do. That's what you're doing. But when you see an old woman there with a mobility scooter, you don't let a woman in a mobility scooter go to the front of your line. When you're shouting, hold the line against young, battle-ready police officers, men, mainly men, that's what I saw in the picture, and, uh, I don't know, a half dozen police horses, mounted police, what do you think you're going to do? Put the, the old lady first? Who does that? But that's where we are. So you've got, and Justin Trudeau, there's been a lot of controversy on him, and I mentioned that on my podcast. If you want to listen to that and my thoughts on the Castro connection, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, feel free. Absolutely. I invite you to do that. So this is America with Rich Valdez. But, I want to talk about this particular scenario because he comes out and he says, you know, we're going to use these emergency powers to clear these blockades. Now, I might be a little confused, but I always thought that when, you know, when the cops come, they say, hey, you got to get out of here. You got to get out of here. Right. This is what we always say when when somebody gets shot by the cops. Hey, you should have listened to the cops. You know, you figure out in court later, but, you know, don't sit there and start resisting. I don't think we can change the rules when it's a cause that we're passionate about. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe if I'm looking at this the wrong way, feel free to give me a call and challenge me on it. But I think, okay, look, the horses are coming. Unless you're going to fight with the horse, then you need to get out of the way. And, and if you're a real man worth your salt in life, you move the women and children out of the way. I don't know. I guess maybe they'll call me a misogynist for that. But how, did, how does she end up under the, the feet of the horse? The, they didn't go and attack her. They were moving them as mounted police do. So I'm just wondering about this because I think it's very interesting. Now, the Canadian police, the Ottawa police, they, they had a, um, a tweet. And their tweet says that somebody threw a bicycle at the horse's feet. Now, at first looking at that, I think most people would say, oh, they're trying to cover this up. They're trying to say X, Y, and Z. But again, we go back to my question. Why is the old lady there? 
Now, in my time, I've done a lot of different things. I've volunteered for different agencies. One of them was uh, for a police reserve unit that is in Nutley, New Jersey, when I lived in Nutley. Big shout out to the Nutley PD. And uh, I went to a Essex County Police Academy training for about three months to be a um, reserve cop, an auxiliary unit policeman for the Nutley Police Department. And I did that for a couple of years as a volunteer to help with traffic duty and stuff like that because there was uh, some sicko in my neighborhood. But the long story short here is that I learned a few things about policing. By no means am I an expert on anything, you know, other than um, how to direct traffic, right, <laughs> during a parade or a carnival. But we learned about this stuff. We learned about how professional protesters would do things to injure police horses, whether it's throwing ball bearings or marbles or whatever to get the horse to, to jump up on its uh, hind legs and that type of thing. And for the officer that's mounted to respond usually by pulling out their billy club and, and smacking the person that's assaulting the horse. And then that's their money shot, right? The bad guys, the uh, professional protesters, they do this so that they can get that video and have a narrator on a cell phone or something like that screaming, oh, my God, look at the cop. He's smacking this person, this totally innocent person. And, and, they, and they release it to the media. And now, you know, we demonize police. So having this knowledge that I know most people don't have, I look at things a little differently, and I looked at this video, and I'm not saying that this old woman is some sort of operative or some old hippie that was on the front lines. She might be. I'm not saying that she is. But I am saying that knowing that that's the case, we should. it's more of a reason for everybody that was there to make sure that someone as vulnerable as her wouldn't be trampled in a situation where you're being faced with the riot police holding their sticks saying, get out of here, get out of here. We have martial law power. You got to go. So, again, I'm not trying to fault the Canadians in any way. They want to resist. They want to peacefully protest. God bless them. I think they're doing so much more than so many Americans did. And, and we're going to get into that right now because there's some Americans that have really stepped up. But I want your thoughts on this. Am I being too cynical? Am I being too harsh? Am I being fair? Am I being overanalytical? I don't know. You let me know. Give me a call, uh, 855-839-1210. I really want to get your thoughts on this because I, I'm at a loss. I don't know what the story is, but I do know that I'm sympathetic to the cause of the Canadians and I don't endorse any of this heavy handed government policing, but one side will have to give. And as the saying goes, you can't fight city hall or can you? I mean, I've never seen a situation where the police lose, you know, they might get shot. They might get killed. It's a very dangerous job. My brothers were on the job in NYPD. I, I grew up watching that and both my brothers have been shot at. So, uh, you know, I, I get the nerve wracking aspect of it. I really do. But I look at something like this and I think free speech all day long. But when they come at you, like when Trump cleared the park, when those rioters were there in the park setting fire to the, uh, the old church uh, across the street from the White House, when that stuff happened, they had to know that when the horses were coming and that when the riot police were coming, that it was over, right? It was time to go or get your butt behind, you know, your, your behind beat. Because you weren't going to win versus that kind of manpower. So again, the biggest question for me is how does that huge group of men and women not produce a single person with enough sense to say, ma'am, because you have this mobility device, it's probably safer for you to stand behind us, the young, able-bodied, healthy men, rather than right on the front line where she can get stomped on and trampled by a horse. That's my question. So straight ahead, we're going to get to some audio of what's coming to the United States regarding this Canadian convoy. It's taking root in the United States. We have some audio that I want to play for you. But 
there's also some other stuff I want to get to. Uh, there's this story in NPR about a kid in Bucks County who's dying to get the vaccine, but he's only 16. His parents won't let him. There's a controversy on that, so I want to talk about that. Plus, we've got a bunch of stuff with AOC, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, and so much more. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. You're listening to This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. All right, Philly, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. If you want to chime in, drop an opinion, let me know. Happy to uh, have that discussion with you. During the breaks, I'll be cheating and looking at the different social media, so I'm looking forward to that. Of course, our phone number is 839-855-1210. And I want to get into some of the comments that were made by Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in the House of Commons on Thursday. Uh, He says uh, he's accusing a Jewish member of parliament, Melissa Lantzman, of standing with people who who were waving swastikas. And I think this is remarkable, but... You listen to this and then we'll talk about it. Hopeful vision for public life isn't a naive dream. It could be a powerful force for change. If Canadians are to trust their government, their government needs to trust Canadians. Those are the words of the Prime Minister in 2015. These people, very often misogynistic, racist, women haters, science deniers, the fringe. Same Prime Minister six years later as he fans the flames of an unjustified national emergency. So, Mr. Speaker, when did the Prime Minister lose his way? When did it happen? Right, Honorable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, Conservative Party members can stand with people who wave swastikas. They can stand with people who wave uh, the Confederate flag. We will choose to stand with Canadians who deserve to be able to get to their jobs, who be able to get their lives back. These illegal protests need to stop, and they will, Mr. Speaker. want to remind the honourable members, including the honourable right honourable Prime Minister, to use words that are not inflammatory in the House. And that's for both sides. Oh, boy. All right. So now this was a very interesting piece of audio, in my opinion, because I think here you have Trudeau, who's called out legitimately. I think, you know, somebody makes a, a, um, 
a rhetorical comment here and, and puts him out there and it's up to him to respond. And he comes in with with his arrogance, you know, on 15, if, if it was a scale from one to 10. And he says, oh, if you want to hang out with the with the Nazis is in effect what he's saying. And I hate to talk about Nazi rhetoric on the air. I really do, because I think it was such an egregious thing that happened to to, to the Jews in, in Germany. And I hate having to see it uh, trivialized. But he brought it up. And it raises the bigger issue where there were people waving these these um, flags. And who were these people? Clearly not part of the movement. And it makes you think, we saw a little bit of this in the election of Glenn Youngkin, where they were trying to make it look like he had some radical, fringe, crazy folks that were with him. And it turned out when they actually revealed who these people were that were standing outside his campaign bus, well, who were they? They were all Democrat operatives. <laughs> so it comes as no surprise to me. And we saw this in 20, um, I think it was 2016 at the Trump rallies uh, heading into his uh, election as president where there were fights breaking out. And then it turned out these were Democrat operatives that were hiring people that they knew to be emotionally disturbed, people that they knew had a short fuse, homeless people, and whatnot, that they would send to these rallies, dress them up like Trump supporters, you know, with a MAGA hat and a, and a Trump T-shirt, and have them start trouble and start fights. Now, this I find, um, you know, not um, surprising, but very disappointing because I think so many people try to win on the up and up and leave it to the Democrats or the far left. And again, whatever they're called in Canada, they're still far left. And they do the same thing. You've got this group of people that stand for all things that are right. They don't want to be vaccinated because they've, A, work alone, and they've worked alone for the majority of their careers. Oftentimes when you see two truckers in a truck cab, it's because they're married, right? It's a husband and wife trucker team that do uh, over-the-road hikes across the country and whatnot. And being in talk radio, you get to speak with a lot of truckers because they listen to a lot of radio while they're on the road. And not many other professions allow for that. So I just find it fascinating how they're demonizing these people in their quest for control. And it's this big back and forth. And I love that it's inspired people in America. And I saw this uh, clip on Newsmax TV where a woman, her name was Maureen Steele. She was speaking with Eric Bowling on Newsmax. And I have a clip of that audio that I want to play for you. So let's go to that. I forget if it's 23 or 22, but listen to this. We talked about uh, Tamara Lich up in Canada who was arrested. She predicted her own arrest, which happened about a day after she predicted it. You know, you're in the same position. You're the organizer of the People's Convoy. Are you concerned about you getting arrested? Are you concerned about your own safety? Um, you know, like you mentioned earlier, I mean, of course I'm concerned about it, um, but I'm not organizing it alone. I mean, there's thousands of people organizing this event. And like you said, freedom isn't free. And now's our time as Americans to make sure that um, we ensure freedom for our future generations. Uh, and, and that's what we're doing. And we're doing it lawfully. We have the right to gather. We have the right to protest. Um, we're not going to be violating any laws. Um, we have attorneys on that helping us with all of that as we roll through municipalities. So if there's other rogue convoys that are unlawful, um, that is not ours. So I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, I, I'm, not, um, I'm not wrongfully accused of any wrongdoing out there. But, um, you know, if I, if so, I do get arrested... So this is... This is an interesting concept. 
This is an interesting concept because we're we're gonna we're gonna try and get a GoPro in, in, in one of your front rigs and, and and keep an eye on things and 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 you know that's why one of the the benefits of me there are a lot of bad things about media but one of the benefits of having media involved in this number one you get the message out to America which is important but also we can see we'll show where there are areas where groups may not be part of your convoy and maybe you get some rogue flag bearer who's waving a flag that's unacceptable or or, or obnoxious or or hateful and that's not part of you and with those cameras you know you get to keep it real final thought maureen before we go no, I agree. I agree. And we invite the media to join us. I mean, for so many reasons to record this for history, but also for that very reason, it provides us a certain level of safety, having cameras rolling all over the place. Um, if anything, you know, goes sideways, it's caught on film. So that's Maureen Steele. She's speaking with Eric Bowling, and they're talking about this People's Convoy. It's the U.S. version of the Freedom Convoy here in the United States. Thousands of semi-truck drivers expected to take part in this coast-to-coast convoy. And they're organizing that. Yet Maureen Steele, that's the woman you heard talking to um, Newsmax's Eric Bowling, she's saying that they've got to get cameras and they've got to get the, the media embedded with them because they want to protect themselves from these fake swastika flag-waving whack jobs. And I think that's remarkable, but it shows how organized they are and this is a very organized effort so i mean kudos to them i'm glad that they're doing what they're doing and i think anybody who has the means should support them because these people many of them may lose their jobs or are going to lose work the days that they're doing this protest but not only are they protesting for the livelihood and you know the future existence of their profession but so much of what we do and get and consume is based on what they do I mean, everything in front of me and all of my studio equipment, all of this stuff was, I'm sure, not delivered by some sort of electric train. Right? It was probably delivered uh, at some point by a big semi truck. So they uh, they have about a thousand people that are working to put this thing together. And she says, freedom isn't free. Now is our time as Americans that we ensure our freedom for future generations. And we're doing it lawfully. We have the right to gather. We have the right to protest. We won't be violating any laws. If there are any rogue convoys that are unlawful, well, those aren't ours. Well, good for you. Uh, Kudos to them in doing that. We'll keep you up to speed on what's going on with that. But I want to jump back into this audio that we were dealing with because the prime minister uh, in Canada and the person that was challenging him, uh, geez, let's see. This is what happens, folks, in live radio when you lose your place. Here we go. Uh, Member of Parliament, Melissa Lanceman, cut two. She's uh, in the Canadian House of Commons, and she keeps pushing. She says, well, you know what? Prime Minister Trudeau, and it's not Prime Minister Castro, it's Prime Minister Trudeau, owes her an apology. Listen to this. Mr. Speaker, I am a strong Jewish woman and a member of this house and a descendant of Holocaust survivors, and I have never made to, it's never been singled out, and I have never been made to feel less, except for today, when the Prime Minister accused me of standing with swastikas. I think he owes me an apology. I'd like an apology, and I think he owes an apology to all members of this house. I think he owes an apology to all people of the Jewish faith. Because that was just so heavy-handed. Now, my comments, again, I told you, you could listen to the podcast. I'm not going to get into that. But for many years, I've known a lot of people who were, and I'm going off the beaten path just a little bit here, who were not fans of the Castro regime in Cuba. 
And those that were, the Cubans themselves called those people castristas. That is my new name for Justin Trudeau. He is, in effect, by policy, a castrista. He really is. And it's a sad day that that's where we are. But he's not the only one. David Lametti, he's the Canadian justice minister. He was on Canadian television yesterday or on on Wednesday threatening pro-Trump people who are supporting the truckers, saying your bank account can be frozen. Listen to this. Look, you've just compared people who may have donated to this to the, the same people who are funding maybe a terrorist. I just want to be clear here, sir. This is really important. A lot of folks say, look, I just don't like your vaccine mandates and I donated to this. Now it's illegal. Should I be worried that the bank can freeze my account? What's your answer to that? Well, it's, I think if you if you are a member uh, of you know a, a pro-Trump movement who's donating hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions of dollars to this kind of thing, then you ought to be worried. What if you're a Canadian citizen who donated 500 bucks to it? Well, I think if you're if you're a, if you're a tractor trailer owner who, whose employee has taken the truck and that has been sitting here in Ottawa for three weeks, and perhaps you gave that person permission, mm-hmm. you may now uh, actually lose your trucking license uh, under this. And I think you ought to be worried in that circumstance. And I think that's a very important tool that we've given to police. Wow. It's only getting worse. I don't see it getting better. I don't see freedom being uh, coming back into style in Canada. I don't see liberty being restored for people up north. Let's uh, keep an eye on this. There's a few more things I want to talk about on that front. But first, a word from our sponsors. This is America. This is America. Philadelphia, welcome back. Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez with an S. I am the host of This Is America with Rich Valdez. You can hear that on odyssey.com. Download it if you listen to podcasts. If you stream, you can catch it on iHeartRadio and uh, anywhere else where I might be talking and they might be allowing me to talk. <laughs> I love the microphone, so I invite you to, t- to check it out. And of course, join this conversation, 855 855- 839 I'm here with you till 6 p.m. Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez with an S on all of the social media. And a couple of headlines. I'm looking to hear what's going on in New York City uh, because I'm partial to New York City. I'm originally from New York City. Man attacks four-year-old boy, uh, child, in Times Square. Mother heroically intervenes. This is a good one. A man hit a four-year-old boy's head in Times Square Thursday around 3.20 prompting his mother and a good Samaritan to tackle him and restrain him until police arrived. Now, I look at that and I think, man, well, good for her. She's doing what any mom would do. And again, where, where, where is the common sense in life? I mean, what is going on? Why is a guy like this out? Now, of course, who is the guy? He's out. He's out on bail from three other misdemeanors because DAs like Alvin Bragg and DAs like Philadelphia's Larry Krasner, they want these types of low lives to be on the street. Now, you would think it's just conventional wisdom that if you allow people that are career criminals or repeat offenders to be on the streets, then, of course, what's going to happen? They're going to do those bad things. But they think differently. They think, you know what? We have to end the school to prison pipeline. We have to end mass incarceration we should never have incarceration in, in mass. We should have it uh, sparingly. Only few people should be incarcerated. People like this should be in your neighborhood, hitting your kids on the head, right? This is what they think. I don't know why they think that these things are bad. I don't understand. I think, you know, people say the United States has more people in prison than any other country on the planet. And I think, thank God. 
Thank God. That's why we have so much freedom around here, because we put the bad guys in jail. We have a whole special place for people that don't know how to follow the rules. Other countries should follow suit. Now, I know there's other countries that do things a little bit uh, more severely because we do have not a perfect justice system, but one nonetheless, and one that seems to be better than the one they use in China, where there's social credit scores and where they can force you to grow your hair out so they can sell it for wigs or they can just kill you if they want. Because those are the things that have happened in China. And yeah, I'm using one extreme to the next, but why not? You have to know where you're at and what, what you're doing. And right now, these pro-crime prosecutors don't seem to know what they're doing. It seems like they're just coddling the criminals and kind of uh, playing whatever, whatever play the left wants them to play. Now, speaking of Philly, the Philadelphia Health Department was trolling Nicki Minaj over a claim that she made back in September. Now, that's something that I covered on my program a while back. But uh, it was really funny. I really enjoyed it. It was so funny because she talked about swollen testicles, about how her cousin had a friend that couldn't get married because he took the vaccine. And after the vaccine, the reaction that he got was these swollen testicles. And it ruined his engagement. And he was soon to be married. And he wasn't able to get married. And it was a funny thing. And they made a parody of it on the uh, one of the late night comedy shows. And it was funny. And I played the audio on the show and really had a laugh on it. But on Thursday night, Philadelphia Public Health Department uh, caught wind of Nicki Minaj's tweet on February 16th, saying nothing like watching somebody speak confidently about something they know nothing about. And she wrote that with no context, so they had no idea what she was talking about. The health department responded to that message with the eyes emoji, as well as a screenshot of a tweet that Nicki shared in September of 2021. The post urged fans to think twice before receiving the COVID-19 vaccine or risk some penis-related side effects. (laughs) That's funny. It sounds like an ad, like during the break. Anyway, my cousin in Trinidad, this is a quote, my cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because his friend got it and became impotent, she wrote. At that time, his testicles became swollen. His friend was weeks away from getting married. Now the girl called the whole thing off. So just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision. Don't be bullied. So that's Nicki Minaj. And now she's getting trolled by the Philadelphia Health Department. Now, I think, look, I get trolled all the time. Every now and again, I might even do some of my own trolling, but rarely. But what is it with somebody who's got this guaranteed paycheck and this guaranteed pension working for the Philadelphia Health Department? Why are they trolling Nicki Minaj on something that happened back in September? And all I could think of is they really took offense that she wasn't following their science. She wasn't following the political science. She was following her own common sense. And I don't want to get into this huge, um, you know, to vax or not to vax debate. But I do want to invite whoever it was that handles the Twitter account at the Philadelphia uh, Health Department. Please, if you're listening to this show or if you have a friend that works there, get at them. Have them call in 855-839-1210. I really want to know what's going on in their mind because to me, this is crazy. It's crazy that we're having this debate here at this level. But again, it's, it's you know uh, disappointing but not surprising, right, is what I should say. Because we still have the same situation that's going on in uh, Canada. And we've already heard it's gotten as, as deep as the prime minister saying, oh, you're hanging out with people waving swastikas. And the girl's like, no, I'm not the, uh, excuse me, the member of parliament. She says, no, I'm not. I'm actually Jewish, et cetera, et cetera. So where does that leave us? Well, that leaves us with saying that if you donated money, it could be taken away. 
And they tried that. They tried that with um, GoFundMe. And then GoFundMe finally, you know, succumbed to the pressure of people saying, excuse me, I didn't send the money for you to decide what it was for when they said they weren't going to give it. So they went to Give, Send, Go. Then Give, Send, Go said, you know what? We are going to give the truckers the money no matter what you say in Canada because we're an American company and we're going to transfer it to the bank that we're supposed to as part of our business arrangement. And then what happens to Give, Send, Go the next day? They get hacked. Some sort of cyber attack. So, I mean, this is not a, a small thing. I mean, the first set of money that was raised was $10 million, and then the next one was 8 or $9 million. It's probably more by now. Then they, uh, they get cyber uh, jabbed, if you will. This is it's not a game. So kudos to everybody that's fighting this fight while I'm talking on the radio and you're listening to the radio, and hopefully we're getting inspired to do a little bit more to make America a little bit better. Now, speaking of all that stuff, I want to talk a little bit about how the left is after everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. And one of the everythings that they're after is red meat, right? <laughs> yeah, red meat. There was this article that I read. And I'm trying to pull it up. I'm multitasking. I just saw an article that said, why is multitasking bad? I should have pulled that one up. We could have done that one. But this one here, redstate.com, meat supremacy, eating meat is part of quote, white supremacist patriarchal patriarchal worldview. Excuse me. Here's a little bit on that. It says, if we've learned anything from the inhabitants of planet Looney Tunes over the past couple of years, it's this. Anything and everything the left doesn't like is racist, misogynistic, or worse. And by racist, we're talking about systemic racism, which is tied to white supremacy and the ridiculous notion that all white people at birth solely because of the color of their skin are inherently racist and for which they must atone by living proactively anti-racist lives. This has got to be the craziest thing I've ever read. And again, I'm not white per se. I'm brown by the standards of the left, right, with two parents born in Puerto Rico. But they go on. And as if... We haven't laughed at these people enough. They now tell us that eating meat is above everything else. Yep, eating meat and allowing people to eat meat are both racist and misogynistic. Therefore, meat is misogynistic too. Why? Well, the following left-wing loonies, they see it this way. This was reported in Sky News by the author and animal rights activist Carol J. Adams believing that choosing to eat meat is linked to white supremacist patriarchal, I keep saying that word wrong, patriarchal worldview. You can tell I don't read that word often. And how crazy this is. Well, this happened at a Oxford Union debate. It was on YouTube. Uh, The topic was Beyond Meat. And I want you to listen to a little bit of what she said. Listen to this. Men in the West are taunted to renew their man card by eating meat because that's what real men do. That's the sexual politics of meat, and it reveals how unsettled masculinity really is. The new colonization rests on the unstable foundation of white men's insecurities. Look at the way people, uh, men, in the animal industry speak of female animals as willing and ready to be made forcibly pregnant, 
popular culture oh, is flooded with references right, you know to sexy I cows, unpack sexy that. pigs, and sexy I want to also have enough time to unpack that. So I'm going to play that audio again, but we're going to do it on the other side of the break. But before we do that, I want to give you the phone number again because I want to get your opinion on this. Is it somehow uh, misogynistic or wrong to eat meat? Give me a call, 855-839-1210, 855-839-1210. Rich Valdez, Talk Radio, WPHT. This is America. This is America. Yeah, I'm here, but I like this beat. Yeah. All right, everybody, welcome back. I could have listened to that for like another minute. But I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And I'm here with you live, not recorded. We're live, so give us a call. I'd like to talk to people. Where you at? Give us a call, 855-839-1210. And we're here on 1210 WPHT with you till 6 p.m. today. Now, despite the uh, weather that's out there, don't let that get to you because I've got stuff that can get to you. I've got these crazy, radical, uh, what did Rush call them? Feminazis, right? This, these people are crazy. And we're talking about Carol J. Adams. She was at the Oxford Union. Uh, they were having a debate. The topic, quote, beyond meat, end quote. This happened in the U.K. And she alleges that white supremacists have weaponized eating meat, eggs, and dairy to reclaim their wounded masculinity. So you, sir, that are listening right now about to take, you know, that uh, sandwich that you have right in between your two hands and you're about to take a chomp out of it and, and enjoy this delicious burger, sir, you have a fragile male ego, and it's because of you and the white patriarchy that everything bad is happening today. Now, we played the audio. I want you, It's not long, so I'm going to play it again because I want to go kind of piece by piece on this to try and make sense of it. Listen to this. Men in the West are taunted to renew their man card by eating meat because that's what real men do. Stand by right there. I want to jump in here. So she says men in the West. Now, men in the West, does this mean that men in the East are not eating meat? Now, when she's talking about East, is she talking about like the Middle East? You're not saying they eat lamb? I used to go to this Middle Eastern place. They made the best lamb. These guys, uh, they eat meat and they, they they herd goats and they're they're all about animals they're, they're and agriculture so that i don't understand is she talking about china is she saying they don't eat meat in china is it just a pure rice diet i would i would disagree with that as well although it would make a little bit more sense there so when she's focusing about men in the west why the west is it that men don't eat meat elsewhere and again I, this is purely from a position of ignorance if you have a uh, expertise um, that definitely is going to go beyond any understanding I have on this because this, is, to me, is just unfathomable. But l- let me know. Give me a call because I want to know. But let's continue. That's the sexual politics of meat, and it reveals how unsettled masculinity really is. The new colonization rests on the unstable foundation of white men's insecurities. Hang on again. All right, so I just want to stop there again. So the sexual politics of meat what are those words? How do you string those words together? Now, she's going to try and explain it, and she actually wrote a book on it, not a plug in any way, but it's called The Sexual Politics of Meat. So being a guy that works in the media, I would think this is what she's doing. She's saying provocative, outlandish things so that people will say, who is this crazy lady? What's she talking about? And then we could talk about her book, and she'll buy it, right? Now, I'm not necessarily falling victim to her evil ploy to get me talk about the sexual politics of meat, but 
more so to bring awareness to you, the listening public, that there is such a thing that this woman is concocted in her mind, the sexual politics of meat. Now, if you take meat out of it, what are sexual politics? How is politics that by definition is influencing the balance of power? How is that sexual? Now, I guess it can be sexualized in some way, but it can, it can be criminalized. It can be a lot of things. So this whole concept to me is a flawed construct that's not based on anything that's legitimate, but she strings these words together and sounds uh, somewhat educated as she does it. And with the presumption that you're just going to nod and go, wow, yeah, you made a great point, Carol. All right, continue. Look at the way people, uh, men in the animal industry speak of female animals as willing and ready to be made forcibly pre pregnant. Popular culture. All right. Jumping back in. Okay. This is where now if she comes and says, you know, Carol, what's her name? Carol J. Adams. Carol J. Adams, if you're available to join the show, please do. But if you're not, I'm going to try and make sense of this here. If Carol were to come on this show and say, look, I grew up in an apartment in Queens, New York, or in Center City in, in, in Philadelphia, and I'd never even seen a farm, let alone uh, been on one, okay, I could understand that somehow, some way, that she could make statements like she's saying, saying that animals are made to be forcibly impregnated. This is, there's a name for this process. It's called breeding. And it's what breeders do. It's what farmers do. This is how we get cows. It's how we get chickens. And many times they do it on their own. But, but I understand it's a controlled environment. And I, I just find it amazing that she's attacking an entire industry. Because in this manner, they always attack them. And for years they used PETA. Oh, what you're doing is animal cruelty. What you're doing to the pigs is wrong. And I agree. Look, I don't even eat lamb that much because I think... It is a little bit weird to put the, uh, the veal, rather, you know, to put the little baby lamb in there to make sure its muscles don't develop and whatnot. Uh, I, I, listen, it's not for me. But I can tell you, go for it. Do what you got to do. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, uh, not going to stop you because this is what we do here, right? You do you, I do me. That's what liberty's all about as long as we're all following the same kind of rules here. But they're trying to introduce a new set of rules. And it's these set of rules that, to me, trouble me. Now, Senor Productor, did you just say one minute in my ear? Okay, so that means that's not as much time as I would like to continue my soliloquy here. But what we'll do is we will continue with that on the other side because there's a few things I want to talk about. I want to talk about this politics of meat and this the craziness of the left. But I also want to talk about this kid that I mentioned before. It's, it's an NPR. This kid wants to get the vaccine. And he can't get it because he's 16 and he's like having this back and forth with his parents. He's from Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And uh, speaking of Canada that we talked about a little while ago, there's some crazy stuff happening in Michigan uh, when it comes to conspiracy theories. And in hour number three, you don't want to miss this stuff. We're going to do some Hillary. But there's also a lot of snow at the Winter Olympics. And where that snow came from is going to be interesting to many of you. So I want you guys to make sure that you don't move a muscle and you keep it locked right there. I am at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. We are live until 6 p.m. Give us a call, 855-839-1210. 855-839-1210 is the phone number if you want to join the conversation. If not, get at me on social media. And we're going to pick up where we left off with the meat. Plus, I've got some AOC. We've got a lot of good audio. We're going to get to a lot of stuff. Don't move a muscle. Hour two is straight ahead. It's going to be better than the first, I promise. This is America. 